TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. your co-hosts of the 94th episode of the Bike Nerds Podcast. Kyle, welcome to the show. Um, I feel like I should be welcoming you back to the show. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for being a host of the Bike Nerds Podcast. Potentially your long game all along while I've been in Memphis supporting a launch of a bike share system. Yeah, I feel like we need to do like a whole reintroduction of you to the uh, listening audience here. Sure. Um, can I introduce myself? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Hi, I'm Sarah Studdard. I reside in Memphis, Tennessee. I make a lot of promises and sometimes over-deliver, but also sometimes under-deliver. And I really like Prosecco and tiny dogs and riding bikes. You know, the middle part there about promises was very telling. <laughs> <laughs> it was very unprompted as well. <laughs> If I was a psychologist, I might uh, read something into that. <laughs> Potentially you could. <laughs> so how's the podcast been without me? Lonely. A little less um, imbibed, but um, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's been great. I don't know if you, you probably haven't even had time to listen. To I'm going to be totally honest. I haven't. You've gone, you've it's, officially it's, gone rogue. Here's, so here's what happens when you do leave though. Uh, I record hour and a half long podcasts. <laughs> hey, I'm just so impressed that you, not surprised, but impressed that you can just talk into, into the world for, for that no, long. No, no, With guest, no Sarah, I had on, I had guest coast on. I don't know anything. I'm a horrible. I had, I had miniature replacements for you on the, on the podcast. For That's the last, awesome. The I'm, like two episodes. I'm like, I'm like, uh. Yeah, I'm like a talk show host, or like when Regis yeah, died that, or did whatever he did. I don't think he's dead, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Yeah. Um. So I had Chris Johnson on a couple weeks ago. We sort of did a walking. I, I knew you were going to be sad to miss this. We talked about walking advocacy. And uh, last week I had on uh, Dr. Bouldry. We did a full breakdown of PFB's new city ratings program. I can't wait to hear both of them. And in fact, the second one we recorded twice because I goofed up the audio recording the first time. So I, 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 I feel like I did. There. I feel like I did three three podcasts in the last of couple work. weeks. And it's um, not like you know you're just laying around with your feet up ordering Star Wars. What? You launched a new. My City Ratings for People for Bikes. Did that. Check. You're an international traveler. Check. You are, I hopefully, still 3D printing. Check. You are a father and a husband. Check. An owner of cats. <laughs> that last one is 
still on hold with, <laughs> pending <laughs> all of the other things. Potentially <laughs> need to check in with Carrie to, <laughs> right. con- to confirm that piece. <laughs> That's but right. all the other ones are there. Yeah. You're a cook? A uh, little less of that lately, but yeah. In okay. fact, in fact, I'm surrounded by several of those things that you just mentioned at the moment. Just, That's I nice. just, I just opened up a new uh, package that arrived yesterday with a Star Wars toy in it, and so just put it on the shelf. How's football going? Uh, the season to the Americans here. The seasons are over. All the major championship tournaments have concluded, and we're getting ready to head into the World Cup. That's exciting. Where's the World Cup this year? Uh, it's in Russia this year. Ooh, how will that go? Some controversy, some doping. A lot of controversy surrounding it. Starts in I don't know something like fifteen days from the time we record this, so mid June. Um, I'll actually be in Europe uh, during the opening stages of this, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to you know finding a nice public place where people are watching some of the games while I'm there. That'll be nice. Will you admit that you're American? Well, I'm going to be in the Netherlands, and in the neither the Netherlands nor the U.S. made it to the World Cup this year. Oh, okay. Um, so I I think we're all just going to be commiserating each other. So, good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Does America ever make it to the World Cup? Oh yes, this it was a big fiasco that they did not this year. Oh. Yeah. I kind of feel like I have like emerged out of some sort of hazy place. There's co-host for bike nerds that's not me yep there's the world cup yep there's all these things i had no idea summer is here summer's here oh i know that <laughs> you're so a, summer, are you oppre- you're oppressed by it every day now so summer officially to my actually disappointment living in memphis it doesn't actually begin until like june 28th mm-hmm. yep that's yep. depressing when you are in a place that like it's 90 degrees and like 60% humidity and it's yeah. still spring. This is I how know. we're defining spring. I know you're still on the upswing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, today here in Colorado, I woke up feeling pretty under the weather. I'm feeling like really congested and just not just sort of out of sorts. Mostly like I can feel the congestion in my face and I realize it's because the things are just now, like the pollen is just now getting into the air here in Colorado. Crazy. Also, how you want to feel before you go on an international trip. Yeah, but when when did the pollen hit Memphis? You know, it was like two months ago, right? That's when... It every- may have been here all along. <laughs> it could have never left. Truly. <laughs> For over 25 years, Bike Fixation has been designing and manufacturing bicycle parking and infrastructure products to help cities, neighborhoods, businesses, and schools become more bike-friendly. Bike Fixation has collaborated with architects, city planners, and transportation engineers to ensure their products are some of the most durable, innovative, and intuitive infrastructure products around. And for as long as Bike Fixation has been making their products in Madison, Wisconsin, they've been standing shoulder to shoulder with many of the Bike Nerds guests in supporting efforts to make bicycling more safe, more accessible, and more fun. Why? Because Bike Fixation believes a better world includes more bikes. To stay up to date on what Bike Fixation is doing for bike parking and infrastructure, visit bikefixation.com slash bike nerds. 
And now we're back with the Bike Nerds podcast. What, what have you been busy doing? So, you know, I've gotten my hair done a lot and like massages. Yeah. It's, all, um, just, it's just been vacation. Then. Yeah, I've gotten a lot into needlepoint. No, um, on Wednesday, May 23rd, Memphis, Tennessee, after over three years of planning, we launched our bike share program. Yay. Yay. And it was beautiful. I cried twice. Happy tears. Nice. Very unlike me. We did a big group ride with over 250 people that departed from our warehouse in the Uptown neighborhood. Mm. Did a short 10-minute group ride with those 250 new bike share users to Court Square, which is a beautiful park in the heart of our downtown, where we had what you would call a press conference, a celebration celebrating Memphis and all of our collective enthusiasm and hard work that got us to this moment. And then from that location, around 35 or 40 group rides departed from Fort Square. And with really out with almost a seamless, eerily seamless execution, docked were the very first people to dock their bikes at those stations. Wow. It feels it like a that feels like a lot of coordination. You know what it really was, but everyone, I don't know if something was in the air or people were just so excited that they collectively wanted to like follow the rules and make sure everything went okay. Yeah. But it went great. Like I was, you know, talking to people after the press conference and had this level of like what does 40 group rides leading, leaving from a very small location that also has trolley tracks involved look like in my cynical eyes it looks like a horror show but i blinked and everyone was like gone and safely <laughs> made it to their station <laughs> humans continue to either like deeply disappoint me or impress me utterly and that was a moment where i was like they don't even need me i'm not even needed no one needed me to tell them where to go everyone knew where to go it was great so tell me what and then what Tell me this: what, in yep. in the thirty days leading up to the launch, so uh, end of April, um, I see you the first week of May in Indianapolis. We, we were together at the Places for Bikes conference. What what does Sarah Studdard's sort of day to day life look like for the thirty days leading up to launching the bike share system? A beautiful mix of operations, talking to actual residents about the program that's happening, and then implementing a marketing plan. So we are a small team, so it's all hands on deck everywhere from supporting, you know, installation of stations. I put decals on what feels like a thousand bikes to make sure that they're wrapped and beautiful. Testing bikes, talking to people. Really everything. I don't know. I may have blacked out for the 30 days prior to Well, well you did. I, I'm actually right now looking back at my text messages. <laughs> and the last one that I have from you is like, uh, on May the 3rd, you asked me if I ate pancakes in Indianapolis. <laughs> I didn't respond. The answer was no. Um, and then you had a birthday somewhere along the way in there. Yes. Right? 
I wrote they a little, did, yeah. little happy birthday. And then it's just radio silence. <laughs> 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 um, there's a lot of me texting you. <laughs> but it's kind of radio silence until you send me this photo of you on the 23rd um, acting like a boss. Yeah, uh, our friend John Zimmerman with Active Towns. He came. I ran into him at Places for Bikes, Indianapolis. And I was like, you should definitely come to our bike share launch. And he said, I definitely should. And he actually came. Yeah, I've been seeing. He's, it looks like he's been like a whole week in Memphis. Yeah, he did more in Memphis than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, when you listen back to the last two episodes, if and when you find the time to do that, um, I, I postulated that maybe you were, you were pumping, you were responsible for pumping up 1200 tires. I, I can say that's one thing I did not do. <laughs> I, I, I posited to, to our, to our listeners that the reason you weren't available is because you were hand pumping up 1200 tires. <laughs> I can tell you. I definitely contributed to applying probably over 3,000 hard-to-put-on vinyl stickers on our fleet of either our brand or sponsors' brands. Wow. I could never see, like, anything with adhesive ever again and be, like, totally fine. Hmm. Because... When those artists show you a bike, it looks real pretty. And then when someone drops off, you know, 3,000 pieces of stickers (laughs) that need to get applied individually and then screwed onto a bike, that's when you have some other, some other thoughts. Are the stickers, are the stickers the kind to you where you peel off the back, you put it down and then you peel off the front? Yeah. You use one of those fancy switches. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But the fleet looks amazing and we had fantastic help. And Explore Bike Share is rolling, and people are riding bikes at an increasingly um, trip increase phase by the day. That's great. I mean, it's been less than a week, right? It's been less than a week. It feels like it's been longer. It's really only been like five days. It's been five days. But something that I think you would find this interesting, because you were around in the beginning, is that... I do think because we really have kept this narrative that bike share is coming because Memphis wants it to come and have actively been out in the community, even if the community didn't necessarily understand exactly what product they were going to get, but that we have had this ongoing conversation for three years is that you can tell that people have just been like craving it across our service area this transportation, recreation, social option, and are so patient patient when we have hiccups, are so patient and giving us fantastic feedback, you know, positive and negative. And people are just excited. Like they can't believe that Memphis has it. They're proud that Memphis has it. And then that's just from residents. From a tourist perspective, tourists are like, oh, cool. Like, this is awesome. This is a great way to see the city. But there is this level that residents have really been craving, potentially something they didn't know that they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's really something buzzy about, about Memphis. And I think Memphis is kind of cool in that way. And where I think everyone, I think, has become almost an early adopter because it's new and they can immediately see the value. 
That's great. What? Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I've I've sort of been bracing to see some stuff on social media, sort of sort of negative out of it, but it just isn't coming. Really, not yet. I mean, and also there's been a few questions about our service area or small technical questions that you know I mean could be seen as negative feedback. And I think the beauty is we have a response that. You know, yes, we actually do have stations in Orange Mound, or you're absolutely right. North Memphis doesn't have stations. We didn't talk to enough residents to authentically do it. And people are like, oh, awesome. Like, that makes sense. Like, there's not this, like, sort of viral need to poke a ton of holes and be overly negative. People are increasingly, like, open to hear an answer and be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to go buy a membership now. Thank you. Nice. So tell me... Let me ask you a question here, because you have talked a lot on the podcast about sort of the engagement process leading up to the launching process, and you sort of hinted at this earlier, but how do you carry sort of the authentic community engagement that you did in the planning, the preparation, the development of the actual system? How do you carry that through to the actual launch? And part two of the question, how do you plan to keep that going? into the future so to answer your part one is we included really everyone that has been with us over the last three years and helping us plan the launch identifying what our collective vision of the launch was and that landed on you know group ride distributing bikes in neighborhoods by by residents ensuring that Community organizations could either participate in launch day or if getting downtown um, was inaccessible or didn't work with your work schedule, you know, our partners like Knowledge Quest, which is a community garden and learning farm in South Memphis, they threw um, a big party just for their residents that afternoon to celebrate bike share in a way that was authentic to them. And there's other neighborhood organizations that are finding their own unique ways to celebrate bike share. And it doesn't, it's not an explore bike share branded event. It's a CDC branded event. And then ongoing, we are fortunate enough to have funding from local foundations where we'll be giving grants to neighborhood associations to really use bike share in a way that furthers their mission. And so that programming could be group rides, that programming could be a health and wellness ride that's connected to budgeting and buying healthy food at the grocery store and cooking to how do we work with residents? How does an art organization work with residents to activate a station or a bike in their neighborhood with art um, and interactive pieces? So we're really giving the neighborhoods the, the funding, the technical assistance, and the enthusiasm to create programming in their neighborhoods. And we'll, we have some kind of high kind of macro programming, like how to ride a bike or how to feel safe on the streets that we're partnering with the local community bike shop revolutions. And so that'll look the same in every neighborhood, but the majority of programming will actually not be programming put on by Explore Bike Share, but will be, be programming put on by a neighborhood organization wow you feel like you've given that answer a few times the last couple of days i have <laughs> does it sound too pitchy um no <laughs> no it's very concise though it, yeah and it really is we don't know right the most fun i've had one of the most fun 
kind of things that I've done over these last probably six months is, you know, really working directly with neighborhood partners and their program managers and residents about what does it look like for a CDC or for a organization that provides mental health and crisis prevention services to families in a neighborhood? You know, what does it look like to partner with a bike share organization? A, doesn't make sense. In some instances, it doesn't make sense. In instances that it does make sense, it's really fun to to get creative about how bike biking really, um, the answer doesn't always have to be a bike share bike, but how biking and the community that's created by that can can benefit a mission. And so we've encouraged all of our nonprofits who are nonprofits to also understand, you know, there's no need to recreate a new program or or create the wheel, but just kind of embed bike share in their daily operations. And so I'm really excited to see how the next six months look, how the programming works. A big part that we have is I love the idea that things are going to fail and we'll test things and some things won't work. And we may learn more from that than, than the ones that immediately, you know, go gangbusters and turn into something super successful. Amazing. What's been your, um, do you have like a favorite moment from the last six days that sort of sums up how you're feeling right now post-launch? It was pretty powerful biking out of our warehouse parking lot with 250 people who were super jazzed to be there. That was really awesome. And then I have two more. One is I was walking around my neighborhood and turned on my street and a bike share, someone on a bike share bike, bike passed me. And then I was sitting on my front porch later on that day and someone else on a bike share bike passed me. And I wanted to be like, I don't know, I like your ride or that's cool, but I didn't say anything to them. And then just this morning, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything cool to say, obviously, which I kept it to myself. Oh, man. I wish I would have been there. I would have fed you some lines. <laughs> and then this morning, I was helping our ops team um, swap out batteries. And there was these three lovely ladies who have a family member at Le Bonheur, which is a children's hospital here. And they wanted some fresh air and wanted to, you know, experience Memphis and kind of get out of the hospital walls for a brief amount of time. And so the three ladies checked out bike share bikes and cruised around downtown. And I think that's a perfect example of why bike share is important. Um, and they were like, yeah, like biking so good for mental and physical health. They had all the talking points down. They got their names. I'm going to hire them to like be spokespeople because they were so amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's just like those little moments like that are really, are really fun. And I still, to be honest, it's still kind of surreal. I still, it still doesn't feel like it's real and that it happened. And so it's kind of crazy <laughs> from your perspective, watching, you know, social media and any news as a, as a former Memphian, mm -hmm. what's your perspective on bike share? Looks cool. I'm a, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's all I need. Really. That's all I need. Yeah, I mean, Former it's bike been... head program manager Kyle Wagenschutz' perspective on Explore Bike yeah. Share. Looks cool. Quoted today. Looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite capture the tone with which I just said it, though. When you when you read it in print. No, I think it, I think it's great, Sarah. I mean, it's a it's a pretty amazing, I think, testament, right? That it's 
that it's off the ground at all, given where Memphis was just eight years ago in this kind of conversation. You know, bike share in you know, 2010, bike share certainly wasn't on anybody's mind. We were simply trying to get, you know, the first bike lane built in the city. And to think that in just a short period of time, the city has turned uh, in, in a direction that makes not just the infrastructure success that it's had possible, but also the idea that, you know, um, money could be spent providing a new accessible form of transportation, uh, you know, across the city is just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable in, in so many ways. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really just enjoying digging in and seeing all of the photos and the videos and people. I, I think what I'm just more interested to see sort of more so than the amazing, um, Twitter activity Explore Bike Share has been producing um, is, uh, you know, reading sort of like random people's interactions with it. You're like, oh, here I am sitting and just saw a bunch of, you know, hashtag Explore Bike Share bikes roll by. Mm-hmm. Or that that's what that to me is 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 the bigger success is when it becomes sort of a commonplace kind of uh, occurrence that it just becomes a part of the language and the landscape. And so, you know, it's only been six days, but. Uh, I have a feeling like, you know, the launch from an outsider's perspective from a thousand miles away appears to have been immensely successful and um, that, you know, things are things are going well. And I, th- I love the idea, too, that, you know, you mentioned that you have funding um, next year to add another 300 bikes to the system. The ability to sort of like be like, hey, we're adding more stuff next year already, like right off the bat, feels like a really amazing sort of position to be in. It is, and we've already started. One of the one of our partners is so Binghampton, which is a neighborhood that you and I know well, Kyle. Um, that's more east of our urban core. Was not um, included in our, our launch, but was part of the service area that we've been talking about for for three years. And we really got to the point where we really realized that we didn't have enough resident input to truly create an equitable system and connection in that neighborhood. And so part of our funding um, not only will expand in that neighborhood, but, you know, starting on June 1st, partnering with a local organization, we're going to, you know, actively start having better conversations with residents about how they want the system to look in their neighborhood. And so I think that was a great learning experience for us when we got to sighting was that A, 60 stations go really, really fast. And B, you learn really quick if you've actually done a good job at community engagement and having equitable conversations with people when you start putting pins on a map. And when you realize you're guessing and you realize you don't know the neighborhood as well as another neighborhood or you don't have, you know, 15 people to call to double check you, you know that you've you've made an error and there's been a misstep. And Binghampton is was one that we, you know, identified and have been transparent about that that was, you know, a, a miss on our part. And so I can't wait to get to know that neighborhood better and work with them on where their stations will be launched in 2019. Nice. Yeah. Are you personally handling the Explore Bike Share Twitter account? I'm not. I knew you weren't. It, they're, they're too, they are too <laughs> prolific to actually to have you in charge of that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually doing like a social media like refresher course tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, marketing can be a lot of things. 
I'm yeah. good at lots of other marketing pieces, but the social media stuff just I really can't do. Yeah. But thanks. Thank you. Just wanted, I mean, they're doing a great job. Whoever it is, doing a great job. Um, I have all these questions, but I feel like you may have handled them in your the past two episodes that I haven't listened to. Well, just ask me anyways, because, you know, what does it matter? I mean, it matters for our listeners. <laughs> I'm going to totally change topics. Do it. What do you think about bird scooters? Oh, about scooters. Scooter the share. Bird, the, yeah, scooter share. I mean, bird. Bird, bird is a single company launching scooters, right? Right. Lime has them. Uber has them. There's a lot of scooters. A lot of cities being scootered um, is what I've yeah. been referring it to as. Uh, you know, I don't care. You don't care? I Here's don't care. what I am. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I am so fascinated. And maybe all of the scooter shares are doing it. Is the business model with Bird is they have bird catchers that go out at night and actually bring the scooters into their own home or apartment or place of living to charge them, and then they redistribute the scooters in the morning. Oh, interesting. And I think it's bananas. It's a great name, though. Bird catchers, I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and like some scooters are more because like. You know, they're in the right location. Yep. But I, like, love the idea that, like, at in the dark of night in bird cities, there are individuals who are driving around and collecting scooters and bringing them into their own home and using their own electricity. And I realize it's, it's a lot like Uber in a way. And then redistributing them. That's That's fascinating. You know, I've got to, I have to say, you know, scooters, I've been traveling a lot since you last saw me. Um, I was in Austin and New Orleans over the last couple of weeks while you were pumping up tires on bikes. Um, and scooters are sort of the conversation point, the sort of the, the fever pitch of city conversations right now in a lot of places. Um Cities, I think rightfully so, have been sort of trying to work through the details about sort of launching what, you know, how to sort of regulate this new form of shared mobility that's hitting the streets. Um, some of the companies, from what I've heard, have not really been sort of respecting the process that the cities want to put in place and have just yeah. been launching preliminarily ahead of that, while others have been sort of sitting back and trying to play ball correctly. So I, you know, I think that's the bigger sort of consternation that people are having right now, but I I don't, you know, if people want to ride a scooter, if they want to ride a bike, if they want to walk, I I kind of don't care to be totally honest with you. I'm not sure that the scooters are a uh they seem they seem cool. I haven't I haven't been in a city yet that has had one actively there or else I probably would have tried it already. Um, I did read Denver. I think was getting ready to have them. So maybe I'll maybe I'll head south. No, I won't. I'm because I'm going I'm going to Europe next week. So, um, you know, I, it's my my scooter uh, my scooter trying out is going to be postponed a bit. Okay. Are the scooters are the are you getting scooters in Memphis? Not to my knowledge. No, yeah. I don't imagine so. Yeah, I can't I imagine. Heard... It's, can't imagine it's a huge scooter market. No, I haven't heard any chirping, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so how was new orleans new orleans was like they've got bikes here now right they do they have the blue bikes um and i have to say 
Um, the blue bikes look great in New Orleans from a visual standpoint. The color blue that they selected allows them to stand out, and they just. But it's also a pleasant blue, so it, it it sort of matches everything. And I thought I thought, man, that's a really great choice for a color and sort of a branding. It's the New Orleans blue bike system, and true to form, they're painted blue. Um. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, um, I don't even know what they're called anymore. It's not social bicycle. It's not jump. Is it, are they Uber? <laughs> Who knows? But it's, you know, it's the old like social bicycle platform. Um, but you know, which I've used in other places and it's fine. The bikes are fine. Um, got around just, uh, just as well with any other bike throughout the city. Uh, it was warm in New Orleans. It was a little humid. But you would have been proud of me. I sported a nice sport coat most of the days I was there. No surprise there. Met with the new mayor. Met with a lot of new city council members. They just they just had sort of a whole new regime change get sworn into office earlier in May. So I was down there making some visits to to meet the new leadership and bring them up to speed of some of the work that we've been doing in New Orleans and where we hope to go in the future. Um, had a great uh, time meeting with a lot of really amazing people, including our friends over at Bike Easy. You know, Dan and Keith, who we've interviewed on the podcast, uh, got to see them. Um, got a little bike tour, ate some great food while I was there. You're familiar with the New Orleans area. Yeah, did you go to Shia? I don't know what that is, so the answer is it's no. It's a restaurant, and you did everything wrong. No. Sorry. Okay. So when you are meeting with, like, what's the word on the street around city legislation, state, federal policy that, that you're discussing? Can you discuss that in, in a public forum? Um, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, our, our big jump program at People for Bikes is really about helping cities succeed. And so... A lot of the conversations that we actually have is just talking with them about what their plans and ambitions are for bicycling and mobility in their community and how can People for Bikes help support you know that. And mostly our support comes through supporting local nonprofits and NGOs that are helping support the city. And so it's really just about sort of finding opportunities for us to plug in, figuring out what where problems are. We don't really get too deep into sort of legislative and policy issue related things um typically those aren't the bigger stumbling blocks that are preventing cities from taking sort of immediate action on either building infrastructure or putting in place programs that help support bicycling you know what we're really sort of trying to do is help them overcome sort of very concrete very tangible problems that exist you know they don't um they need some support from community members to you know to sort to to activate and plan events that are along these new routes they've just built because they need people out there riding and they need to be able to demonstrate that people are showing up so we help with that or they have some sort of technical problem where they're having trouble designing something and so we you know we'll bring in some technical experts either from one of our other big jump cities or we'll hire a consultant to help them get through some problems so it's really just sort of sort of a you know, a conversation around where can people for bikes be most helpful in helping them achieve their goals. And, you know, in the case of New Orleans, there's a brand new, there's a brand new administration in both the mayor's office and council offices. And so that was, 
a lot of sort of introductory conversations around the, what the big jump is and where they want to go and what they want to do as newly elected newly elected officials. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of how it how it happens. It's different, and, and well, and it's it's different in every city. Just like your conversations, right? When you're doing the the same kind of conversations in different communities and trying to figure out how can explore bike share play into you know be programmed in a way that's authentic and real for the communities there and how can communities best take advantage of explore bike share to help them achieve some of their other ambitions and goals it's the same conversation just at a bigger scale we're doing it on a citywide scale and we have to have those same kinds of conversations and so what one city needs uh, is drastically different than what another city needs and so these visits, you know, when we went to visit with Austin, it's a diff totally different conversation that we're having there. Essentially the same theming, right? Like here, here's where we're at. How can we help? You know, how can we help over the next six to 12 months? Um, but the ways that we engage are drastically different. Got it. I love, I have another question that's off topic. It's so fun. Ask me. So you're going to the Netherlands. I am. Leave tomorrow. What are your goals? Do you have goals identified for your trip there? Ooh. Um, the first goal I have is to not stay up too late, too early in the trip. So work up to it? Because I, I have four weeks in the Netherlands. I don't know if you know the extent I, to which <laughs> I'm going to be going. I did not know. <laughs> I have four weeks. Um, so my first there goal, we could accurately track your coffee and espresso intake over these four uh, weeks. You should just ramp it all the way up to 11. It's, it's going to be, <laughs> it is going to be high, but my goal is to not stay up too late, too early. So I don't, I don't, uh, hit a wall too early in the trip. Cause I have to be, uh, I have to be on and working I'm working this stuff, Sarah. And second goal is to, to pack appropriately so I can do laundry once halfway through the trip. And um, that's that's my other goal, my immediate goal. But bigger than that, beyond, <laughs> yeah. beyond, beyond sort of like the immediate needs that I have, um, you know, we have, I have, uh, during the four weeks, I have two weeks of study tours. Um, so I have two different groups coming. The first group is 40 people, and the second group is 15. So a, a sharp decrease in... Uh, the size of the groups, but the first group is is kind of similar to trips that you've been on in the past. It's it's the city leaders group, so it's elected officials, it's business leaders, it's city staff, it's high level, you know, directors of departments of transportation, it's it's executive directors of local nonprofits, it's foundation program officers. So it's it's a real big mix of people. We've got six cities represented on the first trip the first trip of 40 people and you know it's similar to what i saw in spain and what you've experienced right we want people to sort of be inspired by what they're seeing we want them to have really interesting conversations and so the trip is very is set up very much like the trip that you went on we'll go meet with some dutch experts we'll do a lot of bicycle riding we'll have a lot of opportunity for um, internal conversation amongst cities and amongst other delegates and the hope there is that um, people come back inspired to help get a bicycle network on the ground. 
sooner rather than later. This is our mission for the big jump is to help communities build complete bicycle networks. And one way that People for Bikes helps to do that is our big jump cities, you know, can receive um, grant funding from People for Bikes to help them accomplish that. And so, you know, we'll go on this trip and hopefully have the right decision makers in cities inspired by what they see, energized by the new relationship that they've formed both with their own staff uh, and, and colleagues living in the same city, but also by those throughout the rest of the Big Jump network. And they'll be able to come back and immediately apply to People for Bikes for funding to, to try to help them uh, accomplish building a complete bike network in a neighborhood in their city. Now that's a goal. Yeah. And our second group is a group of uh, traffic engineers and planners. It's a tour that we're calling the Tape Measure Tour. It's designed to be really geeky, really nerdy. You know, it's 15 traffic engineers essentially descending on the Netherlands. Um, we actually gave them each like a PFB branded tape measure as a part of their like uh, welcome gift, <laughs> which is which is pretty cool. And so it's it's for people we we've definitely have had and you know this we've had engineers on these trips before but it's largely not the content is not largely centered on helping overcome technical design challenges but those kinds of people always want more of that they want to they want to measure you know the width of a white line they want a stopwatch to figure out how long the signals take to change they want to get down into the nitty gritty of that and so our tape measure tour is a, is a first of its kind offering for us um, to sort of help deliver that content in a much more deliberate way. And I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited to hear about whatever you can share either on the podcast or confidentially with me to see how like all the nerds interact with each other in the netherlands i'm interested for like the behind the scenes dirt on that <laughs> i don't know if there's gonna be any dirt not dirt <laughs> you, but like you're, you build, know. you're building controversy in this we haven't even All gone right. yet <laughs> i rescind the previous comment i just think it's an interesting group of people to travel internationally together i would say that's accurate and i'm also interested what the like m most unique measurement that is taken is yeah i am as well and we have some um we have a couple sort of like uh, u.s based experts that are actually leading a lot of the content discussion uh, people for bikes is forte is not really in sort of the technical design of facilities um so we've hired um uh, the staff from Portland State University, including Peter Kuntz, who is a well-known traffic engineer here in the U.S. to sort of lead a lot of those discussions. And so, you know, I'll be looking to Peter and others um, from Portland State on really on their feedback around it to see if there are opportunities for us to advance bigger ideas here in the U.S. as a result of what we find on the trip. All great work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I just greatly appreciate you just taking charge, as you always do, and navigating this podcast through my absence. <laughs> it was it was tough. I mean, I'm sure it was. I I bring so much. 
I had I had to carry a lot of conversations a long time. And and that's 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 tough on me. I I enjoy sharing the burden with you. <laughs> well, I'm back now. Yeah, well, I'm leaving and Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think probably next episode it'll probably just be you. Yep. Unless I, unless unless I find a way to uh dial in for the Netherlands. We didn't have great luck with that last no, time we no. tried it. I'm so. prepared. I'm ready to go on my own as well. All right. I need right. some space too. But then I just wanted to let our listeners know yes. that we have uh we'll have two episodes coming out in the month of June, um, including this episode. And then we'll have like a three week break before the next episode comes back. Because what because what we found out, this is you and I, Sarah. What we found yep. out is that nobody wants to talk to us when it's really close to Fourth of July. No way, Jose. <laughs> there's like, there's like no guests. No, oh. every, everybody cancels. And so we were like, when we were planning out this year, we we're like, why don't we just do a three week break, and then we don't have to worry about booking anybody during that period of time. And it, that feels awesome. All so, those potential guests are off the hook for yep. July. Yep, you won't get an email from us this year. Nope. So yeah, I'm looking forward. This feels like the first like real milestone of the podcast this year is it, uh, is reaching the summer break period. You know what? I didn't look at that that way, but I appreciate your perspective. <laughs> it's be- I that's, think the milestone that's because will you be you started summer break a few weeks ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, you should see my tan. I've been yeah. really good. I've just been laying by the pool this whole time. amazing amazing uh we're getting close to episode 100 sarah yeah i know i feel like we've been talking about it for a year we have been and and, um episode 100 is going to be coming out around the same time as pro walk pro bike or walk bike places down in new orleans that we're going to be at so Ooh, we've got to get our planning hats on and figure out what we're going to do for episode 100. I've got an idea. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to share it now, though. Does it involve scooters at all? It doesn't involve scooters. No. All right. Well, I'll I'll interject some additional thoughts. Then. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye, nerds. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks. The Bike Nerds Podcast is a joint production of the Bike Nerds, Sarah, and Kyle, and the OEM Network based in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, visit theoemnetwork.com slash thebikenerds. Want to nerd out more? Find us on the web at thebikenerdspodcast.com, on Twitter at thebikenerds, and on Facebook, The Bike Nerds Podcast. Drop us a note or recommend another bike nerd to have on the show by sending us an email at thebikenerdspodcast at gmail.com.